Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 436 for January 28th, 2024. We give you our guarantee we're not going to shit our, on our employees' heads. Joining me this week, we have Andrew Roa McFain. Yeah, gu- guaranteed. <laughs> we don't have employees to shit on their heads. And we're Connor. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And we're Connor. We're joined by Connor, the cyberpunk monk bash. You know, I'm looking at my contract here. I'm not seeing anything that says, like, that's not going to happen. And now I'm kind of thinking we should probably renegotiate these contracts. Yeah. No. No, not doing that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, where can we find you guys? Somebody pipe up. Our website. And while you're there, you can check out one of my two podcasts. Either being Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords First Edition actual play podcast. Or Bug City Blues, a Shadowrun Sixth World Edition actual play podcast. Yes, those are good. Uh, how far along are you in the Shadowrun podcast? Because we... we're done with we're done with Clinton Clark classes. You can listen to the whole thing. It's all done. It's all good for like the first fifteen episodes and the le- after season two. As far as our releases, we are just hearing about the Hierophant Club. As far as where I am in editing, we are just scoping out the place. I've kind of taken a break because I'm in the process of packing my life up. So I'll I'll get back to that probably next. And you've been having issues with Audacity, from what I understand. You know, now that I have that, it was really just that one like hour and a half's worth of recording. I think something happened with one of the audio files, and it was corrupted or something like that. What I did is when I was done with that, I compressed it into an MP3. I threw that MP3 into a new Audacity file, and everything seems like it's fine now that it's not referencing any of that old data. Yeah, okay. I, I got that off He's my learning. computer. I, I was hoping that, I, I was really hoping that you're like, I'm sorry, Nick Lotus, your your audio's messed up, so I had a row of dub it. <laughs> Don't fucking threaten <laughs> me with a good time. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, I also you, feel like she would just do the lines again. She probably would, yes. Uh, of course, you can find me, Nathan Reed, Ruth, I'm reading everywhere, uh, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. I'm on Twitch. Uh, and that's twitch.tv forward slash Retin, R-E-E-T-I-N. However, I will not be there tomorrow night, which is Monday the 29th, because I will be working, because they make me drive all over the state sometimes, and so I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going not all over my state. I'm, I'm going all over my state and then going to uh, Washington. So I'll be in Washington for a night, which is uh, it's another state. Give me a anyway. Uh, from Washington? Oh. From right over the bridge from Washington? Yeah. Bring you sales tax? I don't know what's in Washington. Neither do I. That's why I'm asking for... Uh, uh, the forest from Twilight. Oh, is is that where, where that's at? Yep. And oh, like, I see. Lots and lots of rain, right? Uh, Isn't like yeah. super yeah. rainy up there? Yeah, Oregon and Washington are pretty pretty rainy. At least compared to... Like, you know, where I used to live, which was in Southern California, which doesn't see rain very much. And then when they're like, oh, no, we got four inches of rain. We're flooding. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Anyway, uh, I digress. We're going to move on. and We're going to ask Aroa, what games have you played this week? I have almost exclusively played Pal World. Yeah, me too. Um, I really like it. I didn't exclusively play it, but I did play it quite a bit. Um, it's it's we'll, very fun. We'll talk more about Pal World after we ask Connor what he played. Okay. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I've 
been playing uh, Packing My Life Up, so I haven't gotten too much time for video games. However, I do want to mention an experience I had in Space Station 13, which made me giggle. I believe, but I'm not positive, that we were in the middle of something called a Grey Tide, which is, you know, like a YouTuber, an influencer or something. I'll mention the game, then we get a whole bunch of new people who are, like, learning the ropes. I think, but I'm not positive, Markiplier might have brought up the game. So we have a whole bunch of new people coming. Um, Long story short, I was doing something totally unrelated to where the story gets interesting, and somebody geeked me. And my response to that is, all right, well, I could play that game too. I uh, got myself a clone scan, got back into the science lab, and started making explosives when somebody was like, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. Can you teach me stuff? So I went to my old fallback. Sure, kid. How would you like to learn how to make meth? <laughs> and th- this is the time where I look right into the camera and I say, in a video game, in Space Station 13. Mm. Uh, so I, I was kind of having them crack up because like, we were out of glass. So I was like, don't worry. I know how we can get containers. Went down to the bar, pulled out a like a water cooler's jug that holds the water and just emptied it out right in the bar. And I was like, there we go. We can make meth with this. Brought it back. I had him start filling that up with ammonia and ethanol, which is how you make diethylamine. And I was like, all right, I'm going to uh, give you the rest of the ingredients. You are going to mix these together, put it on a Bunsen burner, and I will check on you afterwards. Uh-oh. What I, what I was expecting to have him do is take that uh, water cooler full of diethylamine, which, um, for, first off, let me just add here. Uh, y'all know what diethylamine, is, like, what its role in the, the meth lab process is? If you don't know, when you hear about meth labs exploding, it's, it's usually the diethylamine. Okay. Um. So I, I, I was expecting him to take that, uh, that water cooler full of diethylamine, add it to the beaker that I just gave him, put that beaker on a Bunsen burner, and when the reaction happens, hey, we're, we have meth. He put the entire thing on the Bunsen burner. I did not know you could put a water cooler on a Bunsen burner. But boy, <laughs> let me tell you, when you have a water cooler full of diethylamine and you start heating it up, it makes a big fireball. So um, as I mentioned before that, I was making bombs earlier. So I had black powder, welding fuel, and oil on the other side of the lab. <laughs> and then there was no more lab. It, it, it exploded. Wasn't there no more. I... The server lagged for a bit, and then someone yelled at me. Yeah, it wasn't your fault. No, and the, the, the dude is just like, uh, what happened? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all of this because someone decided instead of doing role play, they were just going to, uh, to, to fight. Interesting. Accidentally blow up a meth lab. Uh, a meth slash bomb lab. I'm starting a, to understand why they don't do that together. In, in a video game, for, for all the glowies listening. In a yes, video game. In a video game. Like, I know that there are some places where, like, you have to take off pretty much anything that causes static electricity when you go in. And then uh, even to just, like, make computers, because, you know, static electricity can mess with computer parts. And so they have, like, a copper block that you, like, put your hand on before you go in to like dissipate the static electricity before you go into the building yep i've been in labs where you got to touch a a grounding rod before you go in just to make sure you're discharged yeah and then like uh they've they've had times where there was a certain percentage of faults where somebody was like taking a drink from like a styrofoam cup and just that created like a, a half a percent more uh, like fault in like a CPU chip or something like that. Just, they don't fuck around in those clean labs. They do not. Anyway, that's fun. I'm happy that you blew something up. Uh, I played some... I, I'm going to move on to me because I assume you don't have anything else, but I played some uh, Yakuza... I'm sorry. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. 
And I've only played for like an hour and a half. I got really tired on Thursday for some reason. And so I, I had to crash. But yeah, uh, so far it's fun. I did find out you had a question when you came in. Uh, you had asked, Connor, had asked, are you not the CEO of Ichiban uh, Confections anymore? And the answer is no. And I talked to the lady and the, the second in command, the one who had, you know, you kind of worked with to build up Ichiban. The old lady or the Emi? The, young, the younger lady. I forget her I liked name. Her. But yeah. She, you had uh, given the company over to her in the interim. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's how they, they get you to reset, basically. Because they can't start you at like, hey, you're a multi-billionaire now. I'm no longer the number one company in Japan. Damn, that's going to make this a little harder. And just a little bit. But so far, it's been fun. It's a, it's a Yakuza game. I haven't got that far in it. Um, the basic plot for the beginning is your, because um, the Omi Alliance broke up, there are a lot of ex-Yakuza who are trying to find jobs. And as Ichiban, you work at WeWork to try to get them jobs. That's, that's the basic premise for the setup of the beginning of the game. Uh, and he also wakes up in the morning and um, jumps out of bed after his alarm. He's like, let's go make a difference. And I was like, wow, you do not wake up how I wake up. Fuck, I wish <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Me too. Just waking up being like, oh, why is it 7 a.m.? Why am I getting out of bed now? Oh, man, I have a ticket to I have to do. Um, but yes, it's it's uh, pretty fun, and I should, I'll should i be playing that more Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, the other game, as Aroa had mentioned, I've been playing some Pal World. Uh, I ended up getting the, the Steam version of it because the Xbox version was broken. The, the PC app would not allow It has allow issues. Me. It does. It's borked. For some, it would not let me join a multiplayer map. Uh, you you can't you can't crossplay nope. with Steam players, um, and uh, apparently there there are certain things like even in the game like crafting and shit that are that like, doesn't work right. Yeah, it's there's something wrong with it, and like I think it they I I read a statement by the Power World devs that basically said it has to do with the the verification process is different for the updates between steam and xbox which makes sense that sounds right um where with xbox they have to validate it a lot more and with steam you kind of just throw the update on and it and it works mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier to like do iterative iterative updates on steam uh so i was like screw it i'll just buy it and i found a way that you can grab your saves from the uh game pass version and move them over to the Steam version, so I kept all my stuff. Man, screw it, just buy it. What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, I was I played with some friends. I played with Air Fox, and another friend came in, and we, we were playing the game. And I was going to go to bed at midnight, but then I bred two Palmons, pal, whatever. I bred two pals, and they made a huge verdant egg. So I was like, oh man, I gotta wait until this I gotta wait until this hatches. 
And uh, I'm happy I did because it is a sweet uh, pal that I, I got. It has two planting, three handiwork, two lumbering, two transporting, and three gathering. And I was like, sweet, awesome. Uh, so I'm going to make them make a bunch of babies, basically. I'm going to have a bunch of those. Uh, what Did you have anything that you wanted to talk about with Pal World? Anything specific that you did that was that was cool? Uh, I, I mean, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the thing about it is that for the most part, it really is kind of a bog standard survival craft em up. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really just the the Pokemon element of it that raises it way higher than than all those the other games like that that I've played. It just the because most of the time, uh, particularly with something like uh, like Conan Exiles or or Seven Days to Die or whatever, it's like what is your objective? Your objective is to live, like yeah. and that's pretty much it. And whenever you add the collectible aspect of it, as well as the uh, the towers being the the like boss fights, but more readily the the collectible element of it, like it, it completely changes the feel of that. Where where now you have an objective, which is to get your pals stronger and get better tech, so that you can make weapons and and better equip both yourself and your pals so you can go catch bigger pals and beat the bosses across the absolutely fucking massive open world. It is huge. Um, The the one thing, one thing that I kind of wish they had the option for would be like procedurally generated worlds, so that not every world was exactly the same, like have the same, like, Hey, you know, there's a tower in this particular area or whatnot, but still have like different land masses and stuff. I think that would be nice. Uh, I, I I thought that at first, but after exploring probably 10 or 15% of the map, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good as far as world like design. There are, there are definite like crafted set pieces in the world that you're supposed to come across and like just having it where, uh, well, like in uh, Lego Fortnite, which the other survival craft of up that I was playing before this, uh, where like none of that exists there. Yeah. It's, it's really all just, it's very obviously procedurally generated shit. And every once in a while you get like a, a cave entrance or something like that. Like the the pre-made world being what it is means that they can they can put in interesting elements, even if it's like not not all that exciting to climb like a massive tower uh, and not not the boss towers, but just like a big castle tower or whatever. And like your reward is a chest and uh, a leaf monk effigy yeah it's like okay like i, I sure like but it i if i think that's more satisfying than if it were just big world 
with mountains sometimes and like that was it well that's what i was uh, saying like to make it procedurally generated but also have like certain set pieces that are are baked into the game i'm sure there's a way to do that i'm sure that you could do that i just i don't think it would be as good and also at least with this particular developer i i don't think they'd be able to pull it off anywhere near as well as as would be preferred probably doing it in a guaranteed way and doing it in a way where it doesn't get kind of repetitive and disgustingly sickened that's a that's a fine line you got to tiptoe yeah like like kind of imagine imagine if like breath of the wild was a procedurally generated world like i just don't think it would have the same impact well the, on, the only reason i think it would be nice to do that uh would be for like self-hosted servers to have yeah to, to, you could like vary the size of it or whatnot i had i was talking with durga because durga and i went out to uh lunch yesterday and he's like I, I need to find a way to speed up you know the hatching because like that huge verdant egg that i got uh mm-hmm. took it takes two hours and then if you have the right heating conditions you can make it an hour and he's like, I need to find a way to speed it up. Like I was in my friend's world and like their eggs were hatching pretty much instantly. I'm like, yeah, that's because you can just change the setting to have it hatch instantly. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And I was like, and I like, I know it's not cheating to set that, but also it feels like a little bit like cheating to me. And I'm just like, eh. I, I think it's less satisfying. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I'm because that like, said the default of 72 hours for massive eggs is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, maybe turn that down to like not 72 hours. <laughs> like that's the, the the default is is 72 hours for massive eggs, and then each smaller size from there scales appropriately. It's half. So like even regular fucking eggs by on the default setting take like 24 hours to hatch real wait like common eggs yeah because i have i didn't change anything i i i I, I know it's so i don't get it because i was we've got we've got two different group servers going on yeah uh one is one that that uh katie is hosting and then one is one that I have on my server. Yeah. And the one that she's hosting, she did not change how long it takes to hatch eggs. Large egg hatched three hours. Like, and it's like, I don't understand because I put a large egg into an incubator on like my local game. And it was going to take like 48 hours by default. I think I, I think you must have changed something because I did not change a single thing. And a common <laughs> egg takes 10 minutes. Like, even in the documentation, the default time, or the, the default setting for, for that is 72. Uh, oh, I wonder. I, wait, I wonder something, though. Because I played on the PC Game Pass version and uh, moved, it, the, so it moved it over. What I think it might be, actually... Um, is that by default on a save that you create locally, it overrides that default setting. Oh, that could be it too. Yeah, because... Because with dedicated servers, they're always running. 
So like having it set to 72 hours isn't that big of a deal because yeah. like it, it you it could is. come back in three actual days and it'll it'll be done. Whereas doing that with a local save where you actually have to keep the game running for that long, that's going to take a ludicrous length of time. Yeah, that does. Yeah, that might be it. But anyway, I I'm happy that it does not take that long. It took an hour for that large, huge yeah. verdant egg, um, and I got a verdash out of it, which is an awesome pal. Uh, very very excited about that one. I don't even know. I don't know how to make a massive egg yet. What what's the size? So it's common, large, huge, and then massive, or is it? I genuinely don't know. Oh okay. Well, then we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about some news stories. Uh, we are Part of me is tempted to talk about the Vince McMahon stuff, but we're just not going to talk about that, because that's not <laughs> in the scope of this podcast. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's also just neither here nor there, really. It's really yeah. just a whole bunch of crap. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, first things first, more layoffs. Yay! Um, <sighs> Microsoft has laid off 1,900 Activision Blizzard and Xbox employees, which doesn't surprise me. They just bought Activision Blizzard, so obviously they're going to be, you know, getting rid of people. Um, not that they don't have the money to pay them, because they just bought what was it, sixty something million? Or I'm sorry, sixty something billion dollars that they paid for Activision Blizzard. Well, they gotta they gotta make that money back somehow by laying off nineteen hundred people. Look, how yeah. can they afford to pay all those people when they have other studios they need to acquire? That's true. I I, I have to thank you for that. Uh, but yes, a lot a lot of people um, have been laid off. Uh, there's also Blizzard president Mike Yabara has decided to leave the company as well. Um, he I get he probably got a huge payout. <laughs> probably got so much money. That it doesn't matter. He's he's gonna be fine for the rest of his life from that acquisition. Same thing with Kotick. Uh, Kotick, uh, he had a golden parachute, and I'm sure he made made millions of dollars off of that acquisition. So both of them are gonna be fine. Um, yeah. What do you guys? I also want to say everyone hated Mikey Barra's guts. Yep. I, I don't really. I could, I could see a situation where Mikey Barra is like, I don't need any money. You don't need to pay me to go away. I just need you to promise me nobody is ever going to email me about Diablo ever again. <laughs> is that... W w I don't know anything about Mike Yabara. Why, why would people not like him? Uh, I, I mean, I, he's one of the senior people at Blizzard, which, as we know, a lot of the issues that Blizzard has faced in, uh, up to and, I guess, even including now that they've been acquired, is that their management has just been, like, awful, toxic, nasty... Uh, bad to women in particular i'm not accusing mike yabara of any of this in particular but it is my understanding that a lot of that trickled down from the upper echelons i yeah. i i think he though was was he not uh brought in after all of that happened was that after like, the, like yeah after the oh whole yes thing. you are right he, he he came into the company in 2019 apparently so I yeah because he was he was actually ex microsoft uh, funnily enough, but he, I want to say whenever the, the previous CEO left as a result of all that coming out and then they replaced him with a woman for a little while or no, it was, it was that weird thing where it was, they were going to have like co-CEOs 
or some shit. And it was going to be partially, the, partially the woman, partially Mike Ibarra. And then like several months later, the woman was like, I can't fucking take this culture anymore. And then she just stepped out and left Mike Ibarra there. Maybe that's why uh, I got that association. I, I know that Blizzard has got some stinkers in it, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot, I, hopefully, a lot of this was just getting rid of the stinkers. Yeah. Yeah. They, they Microsoft said whenever they were, they were in talks, just in talks to acquire Activision, that they were like, yeah, we're going to, we're probably going to be gutting a lot of people that are bad actors in there once probably. we get them. It <laughs> says, it says, uh, on the bottom, they actually have the full like memo that was sent out to everyone. Uh, and I just wanted to read the what happens next part. It says, those who are impacted are being informed in meetings starting today. Given the challenging day ahead, anyone who is set up to work from home and would, per- would prefer to can work remotely today. Oh, congratulations. You can, re- you can work remotely right before we fire you. Um Ooh. Due to time zones and local holidays, some impacted employees in APAC and EMEA will be informed later this evening and early next week. After the, that's got to be so stressful to like that go into work how, and, and know that you're going to so, get fired. So that is how Blizzard has always done layoffs, and it's really fucked up. Um, there's a there's a guy who's been kind of making. He's kind of been been growing because of uh, YouTube Shorts, who is ex Blizzard. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff, but I have not. Um, he said during one of the the layoff uh, things that that he was there for, um, they essentially would tell people to whenever they were coming in to either come in one door or the other door, oh. and they would just they. And everyone knew that one door was the layoff door and one door was the you have a job door. But you didn't know until you got into the room. And then, know, like, just... what they would do My... is, okay, is the, layoff, the layoff room, they would walk you out the back door. So no one knew until until everyone was in. And then you just realized that there were people who were gone. I would, like... My imagination is like the layoff door is just like a drop. You just walk through (laughs) and drop door in the floor. (laughs) Hey, I need you to stand right here, right on that. No, you. I'm telling you, you want to be right on that X. You're gonna smack your chin on the way down, bub. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that that's awful. I what they would do at Consumer Cellular is they would just walk you out. Uh, so like when I left. There, I was like, hey, I'm putting in my two-week notice. And I knew that if I put in my two-week notice, they walk you out. And so uh, I did that and had a little bit of time off. But then other times, like, we would show up, and if somebody was fired, there would be no meeting. There would be nothing. Their desk would just be empty. Like, all yeah. of their personal effects would be gone. And we'd be like, hey, what happened to Sarah? And, like, the manager would be like, I don't know who you're talking about. That's how my manager at my IT as a service job got fired. And mm-hmm. it just showed up one day when we were supposed to have a project and they weren't there anymore. And boy, did I enjoy turning the tables. And the day that I had a big project, turning to my big boss and being like, oh, by the way, I quit. Bye. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. fun. So, yes, they, it, it's so weird. I just don't like that. And 
sometimes you know companies will i microsoft in particular i i've heard a few people talk about getting laid off from there and usually they'll just have meetings and be like hey everybody in this meeting is getting laid off uh you get three month severance package etc 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 here's your sheets bye um but but you know, just walking them out through a layoff door doesn't sound. You go through door no. A or door door B and like, hey, all the people here are gone. Yay! Uh, they did that. Uh, before we move on to the next story, uh, Mickey James, who's a professional wrestler, she was let go at one point, and when they mailed her her stuff back, they did it in a black bag, like a black trash bag. What the fuck? That's not yeah. very tasteful. It was not tasteful. Uh, it says, though, just reading the rest of this, it says, after the notifications are complete, leaders will bring their teams together. Please be mindful of this process in your conversations and outreach during the next few days. Oh, right. Like, you know, in teams or whatever they use, all the people are like, so you're getting fired, right? <laughs> what, what are you <laughs> doing? Are you putting applications in? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about uh, Reet and getting a pay cut on Twitch. Unfortunately, oh. oh no, oh no, that ten dollars a month. Carve up a fraction of a cent. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> that's right. Hey, pennies. That's exactly how. I I have, <laughs> I have ten dollars a month. I'm getting from Twitch. Thank you very much. Uh, but they have actually lowered the amount that you get per Prime sub, I believe, or per sub. Uh, it says this is from no, Engadget. Okay, right. it is Prime Sub. Yeah, I, I thought so. Uh, so you, what the Prime Sub is, is if you have, by the way, if you have uh, Prime membership, uh, go to Breton, uh, or twitch.tv forward slash Breton and press the subscribe button and you'll give me, you'll give me $2.25 now instead of $2.50 a month, uh, depending on where you live. And yeah, they've, they've lowered that, basically. Uh, and it's based off the cost of Prime. So in different countries, Amazon Prime costs you know different amounts of money. So it says for most countries, the payout rate is dropping by less than 5%. Uh, for instance, a Prime sub from the United States will be worth $2.25. So it's down $0.25 cents from $2.50. Um, a Prime sub from somebody in the UK would be $1.80 because they apparently pay less for Prime than we do. Shockingly. I thought that it would be more in the UK, but nope, it's less in the UK. Um, and then a Prime sub from Turkey will be $0.09. Cents. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's your target demographic, too. Yeah, that's, that's exactly who I'm trying to appeal to. Uh, as the person points out, Prime subscriptions are just one of the ways that streamers can earn money on the pro platform, alongside tips and regular paid subscriptions. He also announced that some changes to Partner Plus program, which is designed to give smaller creators a bigger slice of the pie. Um, I, did under I did hear that they're changing some of that, but I didn't actually read about it, so I didn't want to put it in, in the list of stories for this week. Um, oh, I oh hate this. What? The, the plus program. Yeah, I've heard about that a little bit. What's what what do you hate about it? Oh well, so I guess I don't 
it doesn't matter for us. Uh, well, I know it doesn't matter for us. I'm more thinking, so it's, I, I get it, it's a points-based system. Maybe I need to read the actual help article from Twitch, because this doesn't explain, so like, do you only get a point from a new sub? Or as long as someone maintains their subscription, do you still get the point for the next month? I would Im- I would imagine it would be total number of subs. Overall. Uh, oh, recurring paid subscriptions, any tier, applies toward qualification criteria. Yes. Okay. That's okay. what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would That's, be. Okay. I'm but, okay with that then. But what is the Partner Plus Plus program? What It's it's earning 70% instead of 50%. Basically. Well, it's, it's, earning, it's earning a larger uh, percentage of income based on your your number of subs yeah so uh or at least the the value of those subs i guess to say uh because it it you jump up to 60 percent uh once you hit 100 points it looks like 100 subs basically um, well it's 100 tier one subs yes because a tier two sub is worth two points and a tier three sub is worth three points. Gift and prime subs don't count. No, of course not. Because why would they, why would that count? Uh, but if you, if you get a hundred plus points for three months in a row, then you get a 60% split. Whereas if you maintain 350 plus points, that revenue share jumps up to 70%. So yeah. I'm, that's I'm, the way that you, you can get to what it should be in the first place. Yeah, I'm on my way there. I'm I'm at four. Yeah. Oh, oh, I I lied. I'm at. I'm not at that much because three of those are prime sums. Oh. So I I have one. I have one <laughs> point. Uh, that which which just illustrates how difficult it is to get three hundred and fifty recurring subs. Let me tell you, what you gotta do. Gotta get yourself a VTuber avatar. I've I've heard that. I just can't. I I don't care. I don't care. So don't wait, you don't want to do you I don't, don't want to sacrifice your own identity for money? No, no, I don't. I don't I, remember if it was you guys I was talking to about this or my coworkers. Perhaps something happened in the last two weeks where YouTube is like, "You fucking love VTubers, don't you?" I'm like, "No, never seen one before." It's like, "Are you sure?" Are you sure you don't fucking love Philian? <laughs> are, are you sure? Like, no, please. Yeah. No. Oh, Chumba, you like Chumba? No. I I did want I I I'm gonna move on because I just remembered something. I don't have it listed as a story, but it's actually a cool update. Uh, before we move on to the last actual story that we're talking about, did you know Apple Podcasts, which we are on, by the way, if you want to subscribe, do it. Uh, they're they're adding in automatic uh transcriptions. Yeah, I got an email about that for Buck City Blues. Yeah, like that's pretty awesome. So if you are listening to this or you have access to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, uh, first off, subscribe to us here at the Reeton Entertainment Podcast. But also, uh, you might have to just put in Reeton Podcast. And then uh, go to Bug City Blues and press the button there and you'll get automatic subscriptions or transcriptions of what we're saying. You could hear what Apple is mishearing us all say with our thick Chicago accents. <laughs> I I've said it before. Um, DaVinci Resolve 
has the ability to automatically transcribe things as well uh, in their in their $300 package or whatnot. And if at some point they add the ability in to do it per person, like different audio or different transcriptions, like, yeah, basically you could like highlight a row as blue and then me as red or whatever. I would probably pay for that just for that feature. Because that would be well, really I think, cool. I think you, you, you wanted it to like use AI to identify which person is speaking within one audio track, right? Yes. Now, yeah. the, way, the way that Connor does Bug City Blues, he could do that. Mm-hmm. Because he, yeah. he has them on, on separate tracks. So he could bring them all in if he wanted to make it into a video. Uh, he could bring them all in and then have like the different tracks have their own transcription which I think would be really cool. Uh, but yes, I would like AI to be able to recognize the voice, at least a, for the most part, and automatically transcribe it. And then I would do zero editing, hoping that it was messing up half the time. <laughs> Just because I always love the automatic transcriptions when they suck. Um, yeah. They're great. I've seen a couple examples. Uh, in particular, I listened to a Star Trek podcast and... Uh, I'm pretty sure it is Adobe Resolve or whatever it is. Uh, specifically, that guessing on some of these made up ass Star Trek terms, it's funny as fuck. Yeah. Chipotle is always Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and it's, it's funny that, you, like, because you can go in and, like, edit that. Obviously, it'll give you the, the, the wording and you can be like, oh, that's wrong and change it. But it is great because I've noticed that a lot of YouTubers who do, like, automatic transcription stuff, don't change the words and so i'm it's like wrong wait a all minute. the time um, oh, yeah. oh yeah as well as being targeted by god-awful vtubers i'm also getting targeted by god-awful ai generated videos and a lot of them oh, they will yeah they'll say things wrong and the the ai that's giving it subtitles will just be like oh, swing and a miss I, I tried my best homie yeah <laughs> uh th- before we move on to our last story i do want to say there is one guy who uh we've t- we've spoken about him before technology connections uh watch his videos with subtitles on because he always puts really funny comments. He actually types out all of his subtitles and puts funny comments in the subtitles. I I like it whenever channels do that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, our last story is uh, Van Gogh's back, apparently. Um, And and he's he's making Pokemon. Uh, Okay, that's that's a little misleading. That is exactly Um. what's (laughs) happening. We have resurrected Van Gogh and he is making Pokemon now. No, I, that's not even what the news story is about. I know. <laughs> please, do you want please, me to take over? Yeah, please do the actual story. All right, let me let me drag this window over here. I got distracted watching a video. So here is the deal. There is an exhibit in a Amsterdam museum. I'm trying to see which museum. I guess it's just the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, uh, where they had a whole bunch of paintings that were drawn like in the style of Van Gogh, but they were they were Pokemon. The one in the the top of the article that we have here from Eurogamer shares a. A cute little Pikachu with a, a nice little bowler's hat on. It's so fucking cute. Uh, so the issue is, is that there was some less than favorable behavior by some of the people who were working the exhibit, the the employees. Yeah, uh, those, included, that, that's who they would be. Yes. I, I'm trying to th- like, I'm trying to think of the exact word. The curators, I guess. Like that, that's what you call someone who manages an exhibit, right? A curator. Anyways, that's not the important part. Either. Sure. Um, at least four employees have been identified as doing 
pretty shitty things, such mm-hmm. as uh, mostly scalping the 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 card that you would get for being on the the exhibit. Like they they would give it to you as a part of doing it, and they were selling them on eBay at inflated prices. Which they're certainly not the first to do that, but it really sucks when it's not you know people going to the exhibit and selling it, and instead it's the staff saying, "Hey, uh, we should just open these and make a profit off of it." Uh, yeah. In addition to this, on days where people were at the museum, they would tell people, oh, no, we don't have any uh, shows today, so that they would have more tickets to, th- or cards, that is, to turn around and sell. Oh, so, like, would it be, uh, let's say we we buy a show, and there's, like, 50 of us. Mm-hmm. Do they then get 50 cards that would show up? That's exactly correct. Okay. And then, oh, they don't have enough today. At that point, the the staff would probably be able to do whatever they want with them. So they'd be telling people, oh no, you'll have to come back in like two weeks or something like that. You know, sorry, no shows today. And in the meanwhile, they would just sit on all those and turn around, sell them on eBay. And sell them for a couple hundred pounds. A bunch of shitters. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I Uh, mean, I I understand, like, why not inflate the numbers a little bit? Just be like, oh, we have to have five more and then you take those five. Anyway. I feel like the answer to that is Nintendo famously has no idea what supply and demand is. Yeah. Um, the museum has since gone out and issued an apology. Uh, let me tell you, one of the people who were involved in this had been working as a curator for like 25 years. When you get fired for stealing from a museum, you don't get another job working for a museum. I would imagine <laughs> That's it no. for that career. Yeah, there's things where, like, if you get fired for this, you're not coming back into this. And you might as well find something else to do with your life. Like, if Be you're kidding. a cop and you get fired, you don't get rehired unless you're like a town over. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that that happens all the time, actually. <laughs> you get, actually, uh, I've told this story before. I had a friend who his dad set a police station on fire. He he went to the, he set it from the top, which is not how you set a fire. If you're going to set a fire to a building, do it from the bottom. Because he, he rises, rises. Up. Yeah. So he went to the roof and set the roof on fire. You know, Now, got to be Trump- fair. I, I do know a little bit of the background behind the story. To be fair, they did confiscate his illegal knife. That is I mean, true. What, what did you expect to have it? I know. Uh, but the the thing is, a few years later, he was hired on at a cop at that same police station. Which is... Do you have any incidents you would like to, to bring up during your interview? Mm, nope. <laughs> Not a one. I think, uh, I think his brother or brother-in-law... Uh, was a sheriff in that town, and so he was able to get him in that in that job. And I was just like, still, I don't, I don't think he should have been hired as a police officer. He set the building on fire. That's that's Probably something. A poor you should get. judge of character. Yeah, um, but yes, which is this... the same that they found about these particular curators at the Van Gogh Pokemon exhibit. Where is this Van Gogh exhibit located? Amsterdam. It looks like I don't know where at in. Oh, interesting. I won't be able to visit it. I'm going over to Germany, Belgium, and the Netherlands. So, man, when I was in Germany, I was like the flu. I, I, I was, I could have done it. I thought about going to Amsterdam while I was there. I had my passport. I had a car. I don't have a car, but I'm gonna. I, I have a train, a couple train tickets. I'm gonna go from what? What? Did Did you say you were going through the Netherlands? I'm going. Well, he's going to, to Germany, so he's like going to be basically right there. Uh, so I have, yes, I'm going to go, so I'm going to Germany, I'm going to Frankfurt. I'm going to take a four-hour train ride to Belgium so that I can go to Bruges, because I've wanted to go to Bruges since I've seen that movie. 
Uh, I'm going to stay there for a night, and then I'm going back to Frankfurt. Then I'm going to take another train up to northern Germany, I believe, uh, to a town called Leer, which is where a friend of mine lives. And that is about 20 minutes away from the Netherlands. So I'll be, uh, she and I are going to go up to the Netherlands. You know, Amsterdam's in the Netherlands. I know, but I'm probably still not going to go to Amsterdam. Go to Amsterdam. Yeah. I'm just saying, you're acting like you weren't going to be anywhere near there. And it's like, you're going to be right next to it, homie. Probably, but it'll be difficult to travel even more than, because I'm doing all that in two weeks. Like that's a very short timeline to do everything I want to do. Um, but also, it's, it's, I just want to say it's super easy. Like the reason I didn't do it is because I'd be surrounded by people I work with and I don't have the impulse control to be somewhere like Amsterdam and also be around people I work with. That's true. Uh, you should no, consider it, homie. Well, here the thing is, I would. I would talk to my friend and say, hey, we should go do this or at least go here and go explore. Uh, but she has a kid who's like two and then two-year-olds love pot it'll be great well here's the other thing she is currently pregnant pregnant women love pot it'll be great. <laughs> and she will be it'll be either right before or right after i leave she's gonna have the baby so it i don't think she's gonna be up for like hey let's go do all this all this stuff real talk uh, that's uh that's some balls on her for traveling when she's Almost going to make a person show up. Yeah, I mean, her husband's there, but she's going to be on maternity leave. From what I understand, she's going to be on maternity leave while I'm there. And so oh, I'll be... Your trip has a lot of seats is all I'm saying. Damn. Well, the the thing, she lives in Lear, so she'll be the one driving around and stuff. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be all right, but it's going to be fun. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for the first couple weeks of March, I'm not going to be here on the podcast. It'll be Aroa and Connor holding down the fort. Which Maybe. I'm sure that <laughs> it'll be a Roa holding down the fort, mimicking Connor <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I if if you do that, Connor, uh, I'm sorry, a Roa. If you do that again, uh, can you give Connor a Wisconsin girl accent? A Wisconsin girly accent. Oh yeah, even... I love Shadowrun. <laughs> Beautiful Shadowrun Warhammer 40k Shadowrun. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're pretty much done for the day. We will be back next week talking about more news and tech layoffs, probably. But we'll. Uh, I want to thank you for being here, Aroa. Uh, you can take a train from Lear to Amsterdam in three hours, 22 minutes. I'm going to already be on a train for four hours from Frankfurt. It's an even shorter trip. I just want to let you know, homie, you're in Germany. You're going to be on a lot of trains, and they're going to be delayed. This ain't no Japan. I've heard, I've heard about that. I've heard that um, Germany has some of the worst delays in all of Europe for when it comes being to Being in trains. Germany, they'll, you'll get a message being like, attention, your train is delayed. And yeah. you're like, yep, okay. <laughs> that sounds about right. In Japan, how, they're how like... yeah. In Japan, they're like, your train was left the station 11 seconds early. We are sorry. We will write an official apology letter. And I'm not kidding. That happened. I just want to get you ready for the realism of it. Germany was not quite what I was expecting when I was there. Mostly because I was poor when I was there. Yeah, thankfully I will have, 
I will have some money, and I just did my taxes, so hopefully I'll get my taxes while I'm there. Thankfully, it's Nathan, and he will have unfathomable amounts of money at all times. I don't have unfathomable amounts of money. <laughs> I, only, I only have like three grand in my bank account right now. Luckily, um, it's Nathan, so he's going to take his yacht out to Europe, and from there he's going <laughs> to take the private jet over to Germany because that way he saves money on a first-class ticket. Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. No, uh, I did my taxes, and the uh, Oregon, because we... I don't know what it is. I think it's pot. I'm I'm pretty sure it's pot. Uh, we've had like a surplus like the last three years for taxes, and this last year was even more surplus than what we had the previous years. So I'm getting like twenty four hundred dollars in state. So I'm pretty excited Wait, about that. You can have a surplus a surplus of taxes. Uh huh. That's how much money they're making off pot. Yeah. Jesus. Like and and pot's not Illinois prices over there. Pot's Oregon prices over there. Yeah. Oh, is it like is it like actually reasonable? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. I guess you wouldn't know. I yeah. You're paying eighty not... bucks for an ounce. Let's see, Oregon yeah, like, pot prices. You go over there, you get you get like two evenings worth of shit, and it's almost a hundred bucks. Uh, Portland is higher. Um. Damn, Portland is expensive. Uh, it looks like. Um, the I don't know what this is. What is it? Uh, price per ounce is very expensive, apparently, in Portland. So don't buy pot in Portland. That's $180 an ounce. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but if you go down, it's... Oh, wait, wait. Ounce or gram? Ounce. What, what kind of measure? Hmm. I don't know if that's good or not. Um, and then if you go to, and then, but eight grams, it's, uh, I have no idea. That's a bad price actually. But no, but here's the thing. If you go to Kaiser, which is next to Salem, uh, that's $70 an ounce. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And then, uh, it fluctuates. If you go to Salem, uh, this is all for medium quality, I guess. Um, if you go to Salem, it's sixty nine, or I'm sorry, sixty five dollars an ounce. And if you go to Beaverton, uh, which is right outside Portland, it's sixty nine dollars an ounce. So just don't buy pot in Portland proper. So I'm just, gonna, if, I'm just gonna look up how much it is at my local place right now. I don't usually buy in that kind of uh, kind of quantity at once, and so I'm curious. Average cost. The average. The average cost of marijuana by state. Uh, yeah, it looks like you guys are expensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Oregon is pretty... Like, I'm looking at this list. Uh, we got sidetracked. But um, the, cheap, the, the, the places with the cheapest prices are Mississippi, uh, with $170, I assume, an ounce, and Oregon for $187. So, yeah, the most expensive is D.C. Apparently, do not smoke pot in D.C. It's $550 an ounce. All right, so if I, wanted, if I wanted that same price of something that I would go out and get, uh, do, do you want to guess at how much it's going to cost, Nathan? For you? For, for, for If I was in Oregon, you said it'd be about 180 if I was in Portland. Yeah. How, how much do you think that same amount would cost me here in Illinois? I'm going to think there's a... Uh, let's... $322. My yeah, guess. you fucking wish. $480. Jesus! Connor's moving here just to smoke pot. 
just to start smoking pot. Yeah. Um, I'm. That's that's a lot of money. I I don't want to pay 180 dollars an ounce. I can't imagine paying 400 and something dollars an ounce. Oh man, I'm so happy I don't have any vices like that. Fucking a. Anyway, I wonder how much is in Amsterdam. Maybe I can bring some uh, home. Don't do that. <laughs> I I I yeah, have... look. I don't know. I don't know where you were looking. Um, but even here, uh, at the local dispensary, uh, it would be about two hundred dollars for an ounce of weed. Damn. So that's that's a but. You're in, you're more near Chicago proper. Uh, I am. Yeah. No. No, no, the, the Connors. Yeah. And so you being, lo- more local, like a rural, a rural area. I would imagine that the pot would be cheaper there, but I I wouldn't know. Obviously, well, so I it, I would I would call it more suburban. Like I'm not. I'm not rural. Well, you know, it's a smaller area, is what I meant to say. Yeah. I am in a rural area. Anyway. I think we're also, we're substantially cheaper than, than St. Louis is, somehow. Somehow. Taxes, maybe? Maybe. Uh, maybe I, I imagine that it's just because Missouri is run by a bunch of fucking conservative fuckwads, and they didn't want to make it legal anyway. That's true. That makes sense. Anywho, we're going to stop talking about pot, and I want to thank you for being here, Connor. Uh, I was here. I don't understand why I was a Wisconsin woman, but I'm here. <laughs> it's because it's because I, I love that voice that Aroa does. Uh, so when he does uh, like Danganronpa stuff and puts it on YouTube seven years ago, he would do a Wisconsin girl's voice, and I love that voice. And so I just want him to do that voice all the time. Well, I've learned something about Nathan today. He's got a thing for Wisconsin women. (laughs) Wisconsin women voiced by Aroa. I will be back. (laughs) We'll be back next week doing some more, uh, you know, interesting stuff. Goodbye.